Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of What's on Joe Mind. We're calling this one the, the soft reboot. So we're dropping the old number system. We'll let somebody else figure that out. God knows where we figure in all the special editions and stuff. We've probably done 200 of these things by now. So what meaning did the, did the old numbering system have anyway? Right? I don't know. Exactly. So we're, uh, we're basically taking the comic book approach now. More or less. We are IDWing our numbering. We're never getting past 26? We're, yes. No, that would be DC. <laughs> that would be DCing our numbering. No, no. <laughs> well, in about 12 years, we'll come back for episode number 1,000. That's right. That's right. At the current rate, you figure we did about 200 in, in six years, but if you figure our current rate of production, that will be somewhere around 2067. So I hope nobody has plans. <laughs> We're all going to be in the rest home anyway. You got to figure, as, as bad as things are by now, somebody will watch us on YouTube. We'll have some dedicated core of nonagenarian fanatics, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be like Futurama. We'll have a bunch of Professor Farnsworths running around at like 150-something years old. I don't know. This intro section's brought to you by AVAX Lab. You can visit Kobe Brown and his band of renown at avaxlab.com. On the internet, AVAX Lab. It's a great place to get a little head. Or maybe some other little body parts. Or maybe a hiss tank that turns into a steam shovel. You got all kinds of stuff. It's AVEX Lab. We don't put boundaries. Uh, with me, as always, uh, the lovely and talented Carson Metaxas of 3DJoes.com. Thanks, sir. With Thanks, very sir. nice legs. Ooh, yeah. I believe they're, they are past sexy and into sex A. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> uh, Joe Colton, I've been biking, so you know, looking forward to wearing my shorts for you next time. Nice. Looking <laughs> you know. forward to seeing those calves. It's only, it's only the fall, so we've only good nine months to go on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although he might be swept away this weekend. So if, for real, you guys might be swimming in the Atlantic by this point next week. Well, so I, I bought a kayak. I'm ready to go. Joe Colton. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing good. You prepared for the upcoming rain apocalypse? Yeah. Meetings all day today about it. For folks who, who don't know us as well as, as some others do, Carson is in North Carolina. Joe is in the Washington, D.C. area, so both are about to be hurricane-roned by Florence. We are catching them the night before. There was a girl at work telling me that if it was named, like, Fred or some male name, it would be taken more seriously. <laughs> I'm like, like, get out of here. I don't buy that. People, people here are really acting like it's the end of the world, and I'm not belittling it. Like, it could very well destroy us but come on having grown up on the east coast i like hurricanes a heck of a lot better than i like tornadoes because at least they they're, they're courteous enough to let you know that they're coming yeah they, they might stay overstay their welcome a little bit but again better than tornadoes so in case it doesn't come up again while we're on the air good luck be careful i appreciate it like roadblock said in the old cartoon you know don't go jumping your bike over power lines <laughs> Our new segment where we recap what's happened with us since the last time we recorded. On the last What's on Joe Mind, we recorded, oh, a good another two hours worth of stuff, and my computer <laughs> belched it up. 
So yeah. that, that makes three times out of the last four that we've gotten together that we have yeah. nothing to show for the work that we put in. Well, at least we enjoy each other's company. This is we true. Do. In that there actually is a fifth time to come back to, I guess that's good enough, right? That speaks enough volumes. Mm-hmm. So, Mikey, have you nicknamed your new equipment yet? I haven't. I've been so itchy to just geek out and get this thing going that I can't say that it's it's even occurred to me to do that. But what's different about this time, well, if you're going to make it sound dirty, then we're just going to stop this recording right now. (laughs) I I heard him touching it. (laughs) He sent me a recording of him touching it. That's that's bad. I I wasn't even going there. That's that's terrible. (laughs) I just wanted to touch it. (laughs) We're horrible people. Pretty much. Yeah, that's that's why we do a show together, because no one else will do a show with us. In the last three, four weeks, this is, mind you, all on the, the down low and the cheap. Gotten a, a little mixing board and, and an iRig and, and a little microphone. We almost record this like professionals now. Very nearly. Stepping it up. We're getting close. I still got to use earbuds. I don't have a good headset for the mixing board right now, but we'll we'll get there. Got to cheap out and cut a few corners. So iRig makes microphones. Did you buy an iRig iMic or did you buy an iRig mixer? I got the iRig mixer. To use the uh, iRig microphone when I was at the Duke News office. It was kind of like a cheap way to go out and live stream with your phone, but use a better microphone. Yeah, it's a decent piece of equipment. I, I got something that was rated about as good and about $20 less, so that was really the only reason I didn't go with the iRig microphone. Amazon waved this one in my face and said, Hey, if you like this, how about this? Yeah, so I'm I'm all about that. That's that's okay. That that doesn't bother me at all. What have you guys done the last month or so? I've been in Dragon Kong. Ow. <laughs> I prepped Aww. for it. I went to it, and it was amazing. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. really sound like hell. The prep side was. I don't know if you guys were keeping up, but I making a Hella suit from like Thor Ragnarok, and I was like, Maggie, I need your help. This is not gonna end. And yeah. So, we were pouring silicone two days before con. I've been wanting to ask you this. I saw the progress updates. How heavy is that helmet? I didn't take the helmet with me because it was too big and there's over 100,000 people there. It's mm. actually pretty light. Nice. It's not as heavy as you think. Yeah. Good. It's 3D cool. printed. It's just awkward to maneuver, if that makes sense. Oh, I've been there. <coughs> <laughs> yes. So, like, that on your head. Yeah, right. <laughs> So how many costumes did you take to Dragon Con? Wow. That seems low. Wow. Thank you. That's what I said. People were like, <laughs> people were like oh, that's it? Oh, that's a lot. You're crazy. Uh, I brought 16 last year. <laughs> off. That's what I'm saying. I expected some kind of grandiose blowout, like you got 23 of them or something. Like they added an extra day of Dragon Con just so you could get all your costumes in. <laughs> no. And I only wore 10. Hey, everybody, we're starting on Tuesday this year. Joe Colton's brought the whole closet. <laughs> right. It was really hot this year. It was extremely humid. I don't know what it was, but people were feeling really tired. I also wasn't drinking enough water, so. Yeah, well, that'll happen. It's been disgusting. Just the weather's been disgusting. Yeah. The month right, of August here in St. Louis, it was over 90 degrees, I think, every day but two. Ugh. Wow. And we are very much the armpit of America in August anyway, and that all the humidity and stuff, just we're where it's at. Unless you you go further south and get into Arkansas and Louisiana and that territory is about the only spot that's worse in this time of year. 
And so right. the hotter it gets, the worse that is. It was just disgusting for weeks. Today, we finally got under 85 degrees. Wow. It was 83 most of today, and it felt like winter to these people. Like, there's people outside in sweatshirts and stuff. It's 83 degrees. <laughs> no. Because there was, like, the wind was blowing, too. There was a breeze. It was 83, and it felt like 83, as opposed to at the beginning of the month, when there were a couple days where it was 83, and it only felt like 102 because of humidity and the fact that nothing was happening. So it was a legitimate 83 today, and people went insane. Nice. Chris Ball air. Oh. Can't wait. Carson, what have you been up to? So after JoeCon, I basically went on that was it two months of craziness of building the Toys R Us on my spare time? Give us the nickel version of that again, because I don't know if that, I don't know if we cover that in the episode that actually made it to air or one of the many that didn't. Cool, I'll do it real quick. So basically, you know, JoeCon finished, and the very next Thursday, I rented a U-Haul and went to Toys R Us and picked up my 16-foot gondola island. Um, <laughs> And, and I already had accumulated four of the smaller, like, four-foot-by-four-foot four islands over the couple months leading up to Jokon. So I basically renovated my whole basement, put all that furniture, all those fixtures in down there, and then I broke all of my toys out of storage for the first time in, like, a decade and just basically recreated a Toys R Us in my basement. So that was a good, like, two-month project, and I had a big, you know, kind of a housewarming party at Toys R Us grand opening kind of thing. That was a ton of fun. And so then after that, it was the quiet after the storm, you know, like there was a lot of work to be done with the last two books and putting together me and Kirk's panel and all that stuff, building the gliders for Jokon. And so after that, like I came home and I just went whole hog on this Toys R Us thing. So once that was done, it was take a breather and figure out what I want to do next. And then it was like, oh, yeah, I still got to finish that damn website. <laughs> so for the, basically for the last month or so, I've been working really hard on 3D Joe's. So I've built all of the vehicle pages from 1990 to 1994. Just like the skeleton of them, you know, there's blueprints, box art, driver spins, driver file cards, that kind of stuff. And I'm in the process of starting to add the 360 spin photography and like the detailed photo gallery of all the play features and bold details and stuff. But honestly, that's going to take me six months if I'm diligent, a year if I'm not. So anyway, I basically just finally got started back on working on the website, which is Something that kind of fell by the wayside while I finished the book stuff. I got my book. Nice. Yeah, I needed oh, issue yeah. four. I got it when you had your big Labor Day sale. Ever since then, I've been running around with the whole six book set and pretending I'm Voltron. Nice. Your little five and a half pound art baby. That's right. Just smacking everybody as they walk by. I feel by. like I want to complain that you didn't sign it. Oh, did you ask me to sign it? Yes, but it's okay. Aww. I'll see you again. That's always so sweet when people ask me to sign it. That's really, really sweet. Well, I'm very proud of you. You've done, you. a, done a great job. Props to Chad for helping me. He spent hundreds of hours right there alongside me, you know. So I got to say that every time. Chad can sign um, it, too. Yeah, we got to get <laughs> Chad to sign it. If we can get him to show up at one of these conventions again. He actually came to JoeCon this year. I don't know if you got a chance to hang out with him. Are Chad's calves also sexy? No. I'd say he's a little leaner. He's a little leaner than I am. <laughs> you know, I carry, mm. I carry my weight in my calves. Mm, this is true. <laughs> We're not well. We're not well people. No. I can't find where the rundown went.
yes, our popular next segment. Joe Colton presents Creepy Fanboy Messages Straight from Loser Town. Oh my god! Okay, good. Uh-oh, got a good one? Okay, hold on, I gotta bring it up. For the record, for everybody at home, we got together on this September the 11th, maybe 8 o'clock Eastern Time. It is now quarter after nine Eastern time, and she still doesn't have all of her crap. Shut up, shut up! I got it! <laughs> God, you're so mean to me. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how this goes. Are you right, new? So I need to preface this by saying that I think this individual is on the spectrum. Okay. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if I even like... Ah, uh, I'm going to have to edit this, aren't I? <laughs> okay, no, no, you won't. Okay, I had a fan who, uh, I don't even know if he listens to this podcast. Anyways, he asked me if he can ask me a Star Wars question. And I was like, sure, no problem. I'm not an, a very passionate Star Wars fan. I'm not like, oh, on page this of this comment. Like, I'm not like that. Or like, you're you're a you're a Trek girl is what you're trying to say. Right, I'm more of a Trek girl. So I said, sure, go ahead. And he he asked me, he said, how long do you think Leia was a slave to Jabba? Mm. So I was like, I don't know. So then he sends me probably four messages of his explanation of what he thought. Basically, he thought that it was months because there was a scar that was healing. And she looked like she had been there a while. I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, all right. He's like, can I ask you another question? I was like, here we go, sure. Do you ever think about what she was thinking about when she was Jabba's slave? And I was like, how she wanted to strangle him with a chain? Mm-hmm. And so he was like, yeah, maybe her time with Jabba was a few weeks, but he was like 604 years old when she was 23. She couldn't kill him because she's not strong enough to kill a 604-year-old Jabba. I'm like, okay. So he keeps Ugh. going with this. And I'm like, what are you trying to do, dude? Like, I like I don't know where this is going. It's getting very awkward. Like, it, it was always about her as a slave to Jabba. Mm-hmm. And so today he emailed, he PMs me, and he says, can I have one last question? And I said, no. I prefer <laughs> not to have any more questions. And he says, well, will this ruin our friendship? And I said, oh, God. I don't understand. I was like, he says, well, it ruined it. I said, I don't ruin what? And he said, our friendship. I said, what's going to ruin the friendship? And he says, my line of questioning. If I'm ever annoying, please let me know. And I was like, aww. I said, it's fine. You're fine. He's like, thank you. Are you sure I'm not ruining your friendship? And I was like, oh my God, dude. (laughs) You better stop. Just stop. Just drop it. He was asking the, I guess, the questions that he wanted, but I was not engaging the yeah. answer that he needed because he had formulated the response already. Like he was sending me like four or five. He was telling me about Pal, uh, was it Vader was forty six, Padme was twenty seven. Like he was, he's he's an older gentleman, I'm assuming, but I think he's on the spectrum. So I don't think. I think he had formulated the answers to the answers he thought I was going to give, and I wasn't giving those, so he was kind of lost. That's an interesting yeah. assessment. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. This is actually far more thoughtful than I thought this segment was going to be today. 
Why? What did you think it was not going to go well? No, not that it doesn't go well. In fact, generally, the the more of a train wreck it is, the better of a segment it is. If I may, if I may step out and give the entire purpose of the segment, like I'm actually now now I'm starting to think about why he did what he did, uh-huh. and that's just yeah. this is starting to get very meta, and I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> So the next one is uh, an in-person weird thing that happened. Well, Dragon Con just happened, so yeah, you better have a live one. <laughs> so I had a I had an individual who asked for my picture. I was like, sure, no problem. He was literally a foot from my face with the camera. And he was like, no, no, no it's not the right lighting, not the right distance. So he kept backing up and backing up. Wes wasn't there, but William was with, with Sarah Diedrich. And I think Maggie. Maybe Maggie. I think Maggie had like walked off. But I was standing there and I was like, okay, I, uh, I gotta go. This is like the seventh picture. And he's like, by the way, are you Joe Colton? And I said, oh, yes, I am. And he holds out his hand. So we shake hands. And you know how when you shake hands, it's like, it's a, not a squeeze, but a, like a firm handshake. Like a three-second thing. And then you both release. Mm-hmm. Okay. He continued to hold my hand and then question me about people that I should know, if I did know them, if I knew they were at Dragon Con, all while holding my hand, then shaking up and down, like, still shaking. And I did the whole thing where you release your hand, but he did not release. So I'm literally, (laughs) I've got an open hand, and he's just shaking my hand. And he was like, it's really great to meet you. And I was like, thank you. And then he proceeded to like, I know this guy. He's a cosplayer. He does revolutionary costumes. I was like, he's a reenactor. Yes. World War II. Yes. Okay. And like, do you know him? Yes. I'm very good friends with him. I should be good friends with you. And at that point, William stepped in and he's like, I think Wes is waiting. And I was like, I gotta go. And he was like, but I've just met you, and it, it would be great to, to continue to get to know you. And I was like, I know, but I'm sorry, I have to go. <laughs> uh, good old William. He was like, did I do good? I was like, yes, William, you did great. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guillermo, he is quality. Yes, he's learning. Like He's like, I felt the vibe. <laughs> it was it. I was like, okay. <laughs> Some social cues there. there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's odd. So you're giving him the full dead fish. You're not putting yeah. no effort into your arm motion whatsoever. And no. he's just continuing to shake. Yes, I did the one, two, three in my head, release. Because sometimes people shake longer, like very fast, three or four times. You're like, oh God, okay, you're an excitable person, got it, okay. Yeah, or, or maybe um, they say something and, and they hang on a little bit too long, but then they right. then when they finally get done with what they're saying, they let go. Yes, but this went on for like a good three, four minutes. He was just naming people. And I was like, yes, I do know that person. Yes, he does that costume. Yes. And he's like rattling off like he was an almost an auctioneer. And I'm trying to keep up with all these. But I was just like, oh, my God, what is happening? I just need my hand. So the question here is. Did you plug the show? I did not plug the show because I don't know if you would like him to continually send messages about people he knows. He ain't going to shake my hand. He ain't sending me any messages. Well, he did He did send me a friend request. See? 
right there. You're his in. No, uh, he is in limbo. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to accept that or decline it. <laughs> oh, see, because that's the that's the whole secret to ratings and clicks. We we don't care. I'm sure we've got some fans out there who are real freaks, weirdos, and menaces to society. And, you know, not just Jim Butel. <laughs> I love that guy. I know, Jim Butel shout. Every opportunity. I don't know how uh, you continue I... to do what you do, to be honest. I, I'm always impressed with the amount of, of just social fortitude it takes to, to be a cosplayer to the degree that you are. This is, you know, it's different than just going out and dressing up as Golden Age Flash at some comic show once a year. This is something that you do, it's past hobby and well into neurosis. <laughs> but frankly, if I if I had been through half of what you've been through while in costume, I'd have quit years ago. Well, I enjoy the, the craft and I enjoy meeting new people. The side effect is some people are a little eccentric. Some people or... enjoy meeting you a little more. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I do my distance with people a little bit more now. Because like, I'm really friendly, and I'm like, Hey, it's nice to meet you! I'm like, yeah. Now it's like, hi, please let go of my hand. This is very awkward. Why are you still shaking it? Yeah, because like in, in Dallas, I thought you were my stalker. <laughs> That's how bad that was. But at the next show we're at, I'm going to dress as Carson and show off my sexy cat. I like that idea. be so much calf to choose from. Carson, you, you in with this? Yes, Mike, you got it in you, man. You go for it. All right, you got to put on like 100 pounds and go as me. All right. I could just wear your clothes like did with James and find ways to fill them. <laughs> he has to take a lap. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> he can just mute himself for another five minutes and then that'll, that'll right. count. I'm going to go ahead and put myself back in the corner. <laughs> Oh my god, so that is Joe Colton's Presents Creepy Fanboy Messages and Interactions straight from oh, Loser I had, Town. I, I Ooh. one more. Oh, you got one more? One more. I, I just thought of something we could do for you, Joe. At the end of your segment, we'll do that red striped Jamaican guy. Ooh, creepy man. <laughs> like just at the end of each segment. Alright, go ahead. Second story. Number three. So, I was asked by a guy who I think is a photographer? If I wanted to do a shoot, and I was like, okay, yeah. He got me on Instagram, and so when I was at DragonCon, he asked me if I had brought any of the bikinis, because usually, like, on a Wednesday, I'll, I'll do a shoot, or two, or five, and one of them might be a pool shoot. And so I said, I'm not probably, I'm probably not going to do that today, because we've been driving since 1 a.m., and then I'm kind of exhausted. So he's like, well, would it bother you if somebody borrowed your bathing suit to do a sexy shoot? And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. He's like, well, if it makes you feel better, the person's transgendered. And I was like, that doesn't make it better or worse. I still don't give out my clothing. That's an interesting counterpoint, especially a swimsuit. Right. That's not loaning somebody a t-shirt. That's not loaning somebody a baseball hat. That's... That's more or less underwear. Yeah, this is not this is a separate story, but I did have a girl I knew who also used to cosplay. She had an accident. Like we got completely drenched in a in a rainstorm here, and I lent her clothing. And I was like, "Here, you can have a pair of underwear. I don't want it back." She washed them and mailed them back to me. 
I was like, no, those are going back in the trash. Like, I, I'm never going to wear these underwear. This has been another human being. I'm not doing that. Can you imagine your bathing suit being requested to be put on another human being, male or female? And then yeah. they're like, oh, just borrow it. Here, we'll just give it back to you. And there's no place to even wash that. But I wouldn't want it back. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's gross. You don't share underwear. No. 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 It's less gross if it's guys, even. Because all of our business yeah. is, is external. You wash it like anything else. It's kind of different for you ladies. It's, that's, mm -hmm. it's more of a personal experience. <laughs> right. Male or female, it's all juicy. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got leakage. <laughs> oh, and Carson goes into TMI category. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Carson. That's why there's a faint buzzing sound around Carson's laundry at all times. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a very honest person. See, I might have just leaked somebody in the What's on Joe Mind community and made them feel better. Like, oh, Carson's got leakage too. Oh. <laughs> the wrong person is going to make the right joke about that, and you're going to have a nickname. I swear it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. This is all you're doing. <laughs> This will be where Carson makes his mark. If it liberates one lonely leaker, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm going to send them all your number. This is going to be like the Star Joes guys and the RHP. This is Carson's moment right here. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> oh my god, we we got to end this segment now. Just for mercy's sake, we have to end this segment. Yeah. That is Joel Colton Presents. Creepy fanboy messages straight from Loser Town. Carson Metaxas endorses Depends undergarments for all of your leakage issues. <laughs> this section brought to you by Depends. Oh my god. That brings us to the news. <laughs> news sponsored by GeneralsChose.com. This has been perhaps the least entertaining section to, to try and keep up with the last couple of months as we cycle through programs that don't get recorded becomes a, a, an issue of, well, what do we want to keep up with, and what's still news, and this and that and the other thing, and yeah, it's too much like real work. Anyways, first news item. The Lost Toys R Us did create a toy sales surge, and this has kind of been the talk for a couple of weeks now. This isn't really news news, but it's, it's something worth discussion. Uh, this was on CNBC.com. Uh, things are looking up for the toy industry as parents and grandparents. Sad over the bankruptcy of Toys R Us fueled massive sales in the first half of the year. The toy industry sales grew 7% to $7.9 billion through June, according to market research company NPD Group. Quote, it is likely that the Toys R Us news has kept toys top of mind for parents and grandparents when shopping for kids in general, benefiting consumers, benefiting rather, con both consumers and the industry. Julie Lennett, Senior Vice President and Industry Advisor, said in a statement Monday, and I don't remember what Monday that was. She said she was convinced that the jump in sales was at least partially due to empathy over losing Toys R Us. Quote again, I think it brought about an emotional response that resulted in parents buying more toys overall, she said. Lennett said that sales of toys priced between $5 and $19.99 and robotic and interactive toys were the two major drivers of growth in the toy industry so far this year. Also, top toy companies like Hasbro and Mattel have been hit hard by Toys R Us's bankruptcy. In the most recent quarter, this would be the second quarter, Mattel said that the closure of the toy retailer dented its gross sales by 
However, Mattel stock is up 3.6% since January. Hasbro's shares are up 9.5% in the same time period. A little bump there, I'm sure, caused by that surge in sales. Mm-hmm. In the weeks since that article's come by, we've seen a lot of noise from most of the remaining major retailers, Walmart, Target, even Walgreens, mm-hmm. about how they want to step up their toy presence, especially come the holidays this season. Yeah. Does anybody have any thoughts on, on where we're going with this? Because we're kind of in uncharted territory. Well, I know there's going to be pop-up stores. What is it, Party City, that's going to have their pop-up toy stores? They made the official announcement of which cities are going to get those. Unfortunately, my Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, Cary, North Carolina area is not getting one. I think the closest one to me is uh, Charlotte, which is a couple is hours away. Is it Spirit? Is it Spirit, uh, or is it? I think so. It's okay. been a week. Or, it's been a week or two since I read the article when they announced the cities and so i just kind of flushed it i was like well it doesn't mean anything for me so mm-hmm. I kind of forgot about it but so there there's gonna be a lot of people trying to grab that holiday toy money that toys r us is obviously leaving on the table going out of business so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out what i'm really skeptical about is that target or walmart are gonna somehow have this epiphany that toys can be profitable and start dedicating more aisle space to it it sounds like, and you know, we've talked about this, Mike, that Target and, and Walmart tend to put the toys as far from the front door as possible, sell them cheaply, but make moms and kids come in for them and make them walk through the entire store on the way there and on the way back in the hopes that they actually buy something more profitable for them. I just don't see either of those business models chomping at the bit to dedicate more aisles to toys where they haven't really seen toys as a profit leader in the past, but I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I would love to have toy aisles grow. I personally have been going to Target and Walmart a little bit just to look through the toys. I've been buying some of the Marvel Legends, X-Men stuff recently. Been doing that. They're great. I love those figures, but it sucks. I mean, Walmart and Target are not the Toys R Us experience. It is what it is. It's kind of cool. You can buy groceries while you're there, I guess. <laughs> but it's just <laughs> the, the variety and the amount of toys that are stocked is just it kind of makes me just miss the dedicated toy store experience, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of niche things that aren't being served. I like how, you know, so many of these big box retailers, so much space has been carved out, and they, they claim it's for collectors, and it's really just an excuse to get a bunch of Funko Pops on the shelf. That's not really a slam on Funko Pop. It's just that they're about as niche as uh, tangerines and Subarus at this point. They're everywhere. Everybody's got one of those things, whether you're a toy collector or not. So it's to say that that's your collector market is really showing off a lack of depth of of knowledge of of what you're dealing with. Now, as far as putting the toys in the back of the store, it's because they're a reliable hook. That's actually a real solid game plan if you're a Target or a Walmart, because you know that at the very least... The kids are going to complain until they get to walk through those aisles once. So, yeah, you are going to cover a lot of ground in the store to get to that. That's 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 not a bad thing. And even if it is just that 3 or $4 purchase to keep the kids quiet so mom and dad can shop, again, they'll take that money, no problem. That's pretty bankable in a store full of stuff that you don't need. That 5 or $6 mm-hmm. sale on one visit is pretty good. It doesn't sound like much, but you multiply that by a few thousand every day and, and you start putting some real numbers together. So it's not a terrible thing. And even if you look at it, I I know from my own experience of working in Target, they've always got that one section of the store that's considered seasonal. And it would not be a huge thing for them to dedicate 
30% of that seasonal area come the holidays to, to additional toy aisles, which is not something they've done in the past. It, again, it doesn't sound like much, but even a, a 20% jump in aisle space is something. Yeah. And, and I know Target, so, I know Walmart has, has similar setups and things like that. It's just that this goes past Christmas. Toys R Us didn't go away for the holidays and is coming back next year. We're talking about a retailer that accounted for between 19 and 21% of all sales in the industry is gone. And so what I'm more curious about is, is not so much that, like, what's the long-term plan? Like, everybody has this short-term plan, but mm-hmm. what happens come January when all this, the, the stuff after that needs a place to go after Christmas? You know, where, where, does, this, where does this industry go after this holiday season right usually we have the christmas or holiday blockbuster you know that's going to come with the uh, accompanying toys and so maybe that'll do well with this surge in aisle space (coughs) over the holidays but then where do all the summer blockbusters and and that kind of those toy lines where are they going to find shelf space Mm. you know so amazon has already released its top 100 hottest toys for the holiday season Mm-hmm. And Walmart, Target, and Amazon, they've already also announced what they think is going to be Christmas's hottest toys. It's August, and they're already announcing. So I think they're trying to grab parents that, oh, Toys R Us isn't here. There's a vacuum, but we, we got you filled. Don't worry. You don't have to go mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know. So it's, it's just online then? Online shopping? No, I think that Target and Walmart will be able to. Uh, Amazon doesn't. They've only got a few box stores up in New York, so mm-hmm. I think specialty stores and comic book shops will have stuff. But I don't know about this area. So will Walmart and Target be stocking these top 100 toys? That's what I said. And oh, okay. yeah, CNBC reported that Walmart's going to have 30% more toys in the stores this okay. holiday season. So the other aspect of this that I wonder about is you've got a lot of your niche players making a go of it in direct sales. How much of a leg up does this give them? Let's just take, for example, your boss fights of the world. They were in competition with Toys R Us for the same dollars in a lot of cases. So now that there's not a place to go and buy toys, do they start to, you know, little companies like that, do they just start to get that collector dollar that they didn't used to get? You know, there's no place to go and wander around and look until you see what you like and then buy it place anymore. Mm-hmm. Now you just go to the ones that you know have it online and buy it directly that way. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's a, a bit of a toehold for, for smaller companies like that to really make an indentation on the market. Well, yeah, Walmart's U.S. vice president of toys is basically putting their stake in the ground that they're going to expand by 30% store and 40% online. Mm-hmm. I the big question is that yeah that's seasonal i'm sure that's seasonal though right yeah we'll see we'll see what happens man i by next march next april you know what's it looking like at toys r us if it's still two or three aisles of toys i won't be surprised yeah well they're gonna start resetting those planograms really any day now so we'll we'll know fairly quickly on that one how's hasbro and mattel been doing reporting wise the, Mike, Mike, you already mentioned that there was a, a spike in sales. Uh, 
We're just outside the end of the third quarter, so I don't, I can't say I've done any stock research, but we wouldn't really be getting any news on how the market's leveled out or not leveled out for a couple of weeks. Gotcha. So tough to say. I've I've looked for that, but it's, it's just not there yet. Next news item. We'll keep that point of smaller companies making a toehold. The complex site building sets from Rage and Spoon have been released. They've been out for a couple of months now. Spoon made his big debut at JoeCon, but this is really the first time we've been on that. We did our JoeCon show, but we didn't want to lump this in with all that and get it lost in that. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, the talk that's gone on in recent years, well, if they just made modular playsets, you know, people would buy them. They can't sell the big playsets anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, if they just sold them a little at a time, people would buy them and they'd build what they want. Well, if that's always been your theory, this is the product for you. You can visit Rage and Spoon. Uh, he's got his information site set up at complexbases.com, but it's actually for sale at smalljoes.com. And I believe I believe Big Bad Toy Store started picking them up too. But I know they've got something going on with our, our good friend at, at Small Joe's. And that's what it is. It's hallways and floors and ceilings and arches. And and you can just build a backdrop for your play or for your displays. Entirely customizable. We just put out Series 1 this summer and we'll be moving into different themes for Series 2, 3, 4, etc. But that's, mm-hmm. it's we're kind of starting out with the, I guess you'd call it the, the stock sci-fi hallway. <laughs> for For yeah. lack of a better term, it's just kind of that... Well, we walked into a room and found a dozen aliens that we have to kill. Kind of, uh, right. kind of a layout. Carson, you're big on displaying your toys lately. What do you think about the the complex bases? I was definitely gushing over these last time we recorded. I I don't think that would made it out, right? No. So the initial photos just didn't catch my imagination, right? But seeing it at JoeCon and seeing these new photos out has definitely sparked a lot more interest for me. The level of detail that they've been able to accomplish in these. And then the secondary and tertiary colors that they've added to them really just made them pop a lot more than what I think early on might have just been 3D renderings of them and that kind of thing. So I would say if you're one of those listeners out there that hasn't had a look at these recently, go look at the actual product, go look at the newer photos. What I'm seeing now is so much more interesting and more compelling than the early 3D renderings. And that shouldn't be surprising. But anyway, I just want to reaffirm that, you know, like if you haven't looked at these in a while, go check them out again. So for me, you know, I've got my bookshelves in place. I've got my Toy Hacks backgrounds in there. And my shelves, like the top half of all of my shelves feel wasted because there's very little in the airspace. I got some flight stands and so I have some jets up in the air or Serpentor riding his air chariot and stuff. But for the most part, most of my shelf space, at least half of it feels wasted. So I'm very tempted to build two level and three level complex bases on these shelves and get a lot more figures in there. So that might be in my future. Joe Colton, you're going to grab some of these for your robots? Mm, no. What? <laughs> I might grab a few. Man, don't you, you don't I'm plug gonna... nothing, do you? No, well, I do, but <laughs> yeah. I just came back from Dragon Con. I'm kind of broke right now. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. How do you hear that? Like, the mortgage, the hotel, and everything was all in the first week. I'm like, I'm oh. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going out for the rest of, like, the month. No, I'll I think about you. it next month. I was waiting to hear a rant about robots, but then you went and sold out, man. That was... Uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't like robots, so whatever. I didn't yeah. say anything about robots. I said robots. Robots.
still broke. I hear you. I'm there with you, but I I'm definitely in for some of these once I can get... Once, what, honestly, once I first clear out some shelf space. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest thing right now. My shelves is full. Once we start displaying things again, I'm definitely looking some of this stuff up because I'm always having my action figures trying to knock the holy hell out of one another on the shelf anyway. It'll be kind of cool to have a backdrop to do it in. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Why have toys if you're not going to have fun with them? It's the thing I don't get about most Joe collectors. They just kind of stand everybody up in parade formation. I don't understand that. It's not how we were raised. <laughs> I think it makes us feel less guilty about army building when you kind of stand them in a, at attention. Nonsense. <laughs> there is nothing more awe-inspiring than a wave of Cobra troopers getting beaten down by your favorite squad of Joes. Nothing. Yes. It also allows you to stack way more figures on the shelf. If they're all just completely upright and erect with maybe one hand in the air, That's you a... can fit way more figures on I the mean, shelf. I mean, upright and erect, I mean. Oh, yeah. Nice and tight O-rings. Sounds a little sounds a little personal at this point. Yeah. Mm. Carson shows off his calves to his toys. <laughs> I'm not gonna let this go, am I? Oh, I didn't even take that O-ring thing very far. I'm happy you did not. <laughs> Next news item. Next news item. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Raging Spoon. We've gone and ruined complex bases. Sorry. It's like it's like that that backing up sound. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Oh. That's another potential sponsor down. <laughs> Next news item, the uh, GI Joe Collectors Club FSS7 has continued its shipments. It's not been terribly impressive on the whole. Ah. Those crystal ball legs are garbage. Oh my god, what happened? I mean, they previewed them that way. They showed those stupid Destro go-go bootlegs. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I mean, those things... In the late 80s, I guess I kind of understood the aesthetic there, but that if there was ever, ever, something that needed to be redone and nobody would complain, yeah, those are the ones, and they didn't redo them. And that that's not the club's fault, necessarily. It's the club's fault for reusing them on Crystal Ball. It's Hasbro's right. fault for reissuing them in the first place. And it just goes to show that two wrongs don't make a right. But yeah, the most recent wave was, uh, at the time of this recording, was Crystal Ball and, and who? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get this one. Yeah. I yeah. picked up a loose from Troy Osgood. I picked up a loose Chaos, Dreadnought Chaos. And that's really about the only one I've got interest in depending on, on how good or terrible the, the Arctic Stalker turns out. But I have to say, I don't have a good feeling about him going forward. No? No. What did the preview look like? Did the preview look good? It was okay. I, I mean, I would take okay, because I'm a big Stalker fan. If, I had, if you had to give me a list of five guys who I'm just keeping on, on G.I. Joe, Stalker's on my list. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's been tough. Yeah. FSS7 has not gone well. I don't want to come down too much, but it's it, between Crystal Ball and his weird legs and his giraffe neck and, and uh, yeah. Spacesuit Hawk in his Fun School colors. Yeah, Fun School Hawk was probably the single biggest disappointment in terms of what I've heard from the community's response. The other one that just came out was Tomax in his business suit. Yeah. I don't think I've really heard 
much bad about that at all. I, I think it's just everybody got out of their system when Zaymot went over like a wet fart in church. And so I don't think anybody's got anything new for Tomax. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, we've we've already covered how this guy's too tall and has a giant head, so why why mess with it again? I'd say my biggest disappointment in the whole series is the lack of the name Skidmark. <laughs> <laughs> He's Treadmark, damn it. You know, my Depends sponsors really wanted me to mention that. They were, and they were very vocal about that. <laughs> uh Dusty looks pretty awesome. Yeah, he's okay. It's not a version of that character that really lights me up to begin with, but they at least did a good job on that one. But he's kind of a slam dunk. I like the color palette. At that particular moment, he was kind of the the generic guy that they were trying to rally up everybody behind. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get the feeling that late in the run there, there was there was an attempt to make Dusty just one of those ubiquitous characters with the brand, like a, a Duke or a Snake Eyes, and it just didn't quite take. Yeah, and that's the Dusty that they did that with. And it's fine. You know, it's okay. But again, the, from the beginning, he was just kind of boring. So I yeah. guess they, the, the fact that they didn't do a bad job on it, I guess, is, is fine. That's the compliment. But I just it's a fine version of a meh character. Yeah. 1985 Dusty was by far one of my top ten favorites. I just absolutely loved everything about that character. Accessories, figure design, the cloth headdress. What's the terminology for that? Ron Redat had a specific term for that piece of fabric that covers your neck. You're right, but I don't remember what it was. It was very unique, though. I absolutely love that Dusty. And so to follow it up with, I think it's 1990 Dusty with Mm -hmm. Sandstorm, it was just not great. Yeah. Not terrible. Yeah, it it was okay. It was fine, but it wasn't Dusty. It was just a guy. You know, if they'd have called him Grunt, I'd have had the same reaction to him. Yeah. If they'd have called him... Duke, and I had the same reaction to him. Just a guy. Anyways, next news item. Rather than dwell on the negative, let's get to the positive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's awful. I'm a d- I usually have some nice things to say about the club, but I mean, I'm going to call out Crystal Ball's terrible leg, you know? Yeah, again, we get it. From a business standpoint, we all know about margins and parts and what's available and what they have to work with, and they are doing the best mm-hmm. that they can. Unfortunately, their version of doing the best they can in 7.0 is not as good as doing the best they could in 1.0 or 3.0 or 5.0. Anyways, Joe Colton, anything in particular to add? No, I'm okay. You're just, you're eating more artichoke dip, aren't you? I am, and drinking wine. Oh. There's nothing wrong with any of this. There's no part of this I don't like. Oh, somebody's blowing up. That is not me. Oh, sorry, who? Hey. Carson's dinner from that he finished right before we started recording is getting back on it. Right. It's vibrating. Uh, better check. Better check my depends. <laughs> Next news item: Word Burglar's latest offering has dropped. Yep, and it's awesome. It is. You too can check in with Rhyme Your Business, and I believe the website's still the same. Props Department. That's Props D E P T dot bandcamp.com order your copy the berg is awesome i i just his, uh, his first video off the album is dropping thursday yay and it's going to be for my personal favorite track off the album rental patient which is all about going to the video store running a movie and it's this man it's a teleporter back to that uh, that period you know mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing the dude has a way with words and really, really can transport you. 
Yeah, he's really, he's an incredibly talented guy and just a, a super nice guy to boot. We cannot endorse this man or his offerings nearly enough. You get the chance to yeah. see him live, go see him live. You get the chance to order his album, of course you do. It's at propsdepartment.bandcamp.com. You should do that immediately. Carson, have you done that? Yes, sir. Of course you've done that. You're talking about your favorite track. Joe Colton, you done that? Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> She's drinking and muted us. Yeah, she's tuned us out. We're on our own for this one. She's she's doing her homework right now, listening to the album, skipping through the tracks. <laughs> Trying to find her favorite one. She's drunk and stuck in the artichoke dip. I'm here. Oh, there she is. Yes, I've been working on the hurricane stuff, so I uh, can't really... <laughs> are you working while podcasting? I am. Sorry, guys. Lord. She's being quiet about it, so I can't complain. Yeah. I heard some clickety-clacking, but I wasn't going to call it out. I'm All right, sorry. so... No, you're good. Here's the thing, Joe fans. If you listened to the Welcome to Cobra Island album, and mm-hmm. you've been hard up for some high-quality G.I. Joe or Cobra raps ever since, like me, you'll be relieved to know that there is a track about Ralph Polanski from, <laughs> uh, from the cartoon yes. Ralph Polanski is Steeler, for you guys that don't read the file cards. And it's the World's Without End uh, two-parter cartoon that he's basing this track on. So this is part one. So evidently, he's got part two, and I don't know. Maybe that'll be on the next album. We'll have to see. <laughs> it's a cliffhanger. It mm. keeps you coming back. Just like the cartoon, man. We love you, Word Burglar. <laughs> one, day we'll, awesome. one day we'll have you on the show. You haven't been on yet? No. Oh, man. Well, I mean, that's just it. Uh, right around the time where we first met him was right around the time when the slowdown started. So really, we're yeah. we're just starting to get riled up to... Anytime he's ready, though. Now that we're doing this again, we'll, we'll have him anytime he wants. Sweet. He's going to listen. He'd He'll probably, hear this. He'd probably be happy to jump on now with the new album and everything. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Joe Colton, get on that. I will. Extend the invite. Oh, I can extend the invite myself. I wouldn't make Joe suddenly have to start working for a living. Come on. Right. She's got hurricanes to get ready for. <laughs> Carson, if I could save you, I would. <laughs> Is it that bad? Dude. Oh, yeah, no, the shit's coming right for Raleigh. I know. I know. Well, anybody wants a piece of floor in a one-bedroom apartment in St. Louis? I know a guy. It's so bad I went grocery shopping. Today. I never go grocery shopping. What do you get it delivered? No, I eat out. The hell, man! All how do you, if you don't All get if you don't go grocery shopping? How do you get your cookies? The uh, they sell they sell cookies at Zoe's. <laughs> Dude, are you serious? Yeah, have Joe, you, I I eat out all the time. Have you ever even used your stove? Uh, at house? Yes. I reheated some pizza in it. In the, in the. That's in the oven, dude. On the stove. The, the, the thing on top of the oh, thing. Oh, the thing on top? Yeah, of course. I feed it up soon. <laughs> oh, my God. He's a single guy, Joe. You can't expect oh, any more of that. I know. It, li- it looks to be permanent. <laughs> not, not everybody has my level of culinary expertise as a single guy. Okay, no, if prob- you survive this apocalypse, I'm coming down to cook in your kitchen. Ooh, awesome. I'll even cook you some Greek food. Oh, nice. That's just playing into his hands. I know. Then he's going to try and order it out. Probably. Never leaving. 
<laughs> Chained to the oven. I was gonna say, be sure to bring a variety of costumes. Okay, I'm just gonna stop. Oh. Uh, what happened to- I'm not contributing to these types of conversations. Just let me know when this is gonna happen. I gotta be prepared for when USA Today comes to talk to me. I gotta have my, he seemed so normal, quote. It's gonna turn out that Carson was the cot guy. The what guy? Carson's the cot guy. Oh, the cot guy. No, you told me about the cot guy. If you listen to the show, you'd know about the cot guy. I know that I- I'm kidding. Carson's not the cock guy. Oh, he, he would. He's, he's the guy with the Toys R Us in his basement. He's the right. Slave Leia guy. Not he's figured out that Darth Vader's 46 years and 7 months old. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. That's awful. Next news item. <laughs> you guys remember John Chu, right? Oh, yeah, Yay! Mr. Chu. Yay, director of G.I. Joe Retaliation. And director of the recent release, Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Which has raked in over $135 million at the box office. Was number one three weeks in a row. Was not number one this past week. It looked like it's finally come off the perch. I think it was fourth this week. I think they're going to do a second one. Yeah, it's a comedy that made $135 million. Crazy Rich Agents 2 will happen. Let's just end that speculation. That's going to happen. We got three Hangover movies, so yeah, we'll get a second Crazy Rich Asians. All kinds of great reviews. I'll be honest, I have not seen it myself yet. I have not been to the theaters in several weeks. I think the last one... I still haven't seen Deadpool 2. It's funny. That's too bad. That was that was enjoyable. Pretty excited for him, man. Especially, he's bounced back from that Jim debacle pretty soon. I thought Jim might, uh, might be the death of his career. Nah. So. Jim was a contract movie. They gave him a million and a half dollars to spend, and he made five on it. So as much of a disaster as it was, quote-unquote, yeah. he still made money on that thing. That guy's for real. Okay. I'll go to bat for John Chu just because he was nice enough to give us the time of day. Back yeah. during retaliation, just, just somebody on on that that list of, of Hollywood spending time with us on a podcast some afternoon just because Justin found yeah. him on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good um, guy. I don't care what anybody says. That's a good dude. So he's we've always got his back wherever we can. He did an interesting interview where he discussed a little bit about the lessons learned from doing G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yes. I thought that was pretty interesting. He, he basically just said that he thinks at this point in his career he's learned to fight a little harder if he feels like too many things are being crammed in. And I think mm-hmm. just to some degree in Retaliation, he wasn't able to develop some of the characters as much as he would have liked because he had too much crammed in which is funny because if you think about G.I. Joe Retaliation versus G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra I felt like Rise of Cobra had too much stuff jammed in and that Retaliation did a little bit better job with that and so to hear Mr. Chu say I would have liked to narrow it a little further and done more character development I'm like yeah for sure I don't see how that could have hurt we, we've talked oh and, and I thought she had so much potential as Jinx and that was my least favorite parts of Retaliation, is that she just was so underutilized in Retaliation. Yeah, she really was, was barely there. I, I read that article, too. What was that from? Was that Newsweek or USA Today? I honestly don't remember. Sorry. Okay. It was one of the major outlets. I, I remember I, I caught it a spare minute at work, so I know it, it couldn't have been hiding in too dark of a corner of, of the internet. Yeah. The joke was that he didn't know how you did a sequel and a retcon all at the same time, but he did one anyway. 
and mm-hmm. still doesn't know how you do a, a sequel and a retcon at the same time. So I think I think a lot of the problem came from that there were just too many cooks that wanted to set up the start of his movie that it interfered with him telling the story in the middle of his movie. Mm-hmm. And again, the guy, he, he did solid bank with that movie anyway, plot mess that it was. And really, everything he's done has been, at the very least, solid producer at the theaters, mm-hmm. with this one being a bona fide hit for him. And so he's going to write his own ticket for a couple of years. And, and like I said, it yeah. really it, it couldn't happen to a better guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I like your point. He did fine with retaliation. I think it sold like what three hundred and seventy million or something. Yeah, d- mm-hmm. domestically, uh, it was a very successful movie. And I've God knows how many times have I made this point on this program. But despite its lack of, I guess it it, it did not take GI Joe to the cultural zeitgeist, if you will. There's not anything in these movies that says, "Yeah, awesome, woo, we're gonna be talking about this for years." Real solid performer at the box office, and, and that's nothing to sneeze at. With an increasingly fickle movie-going public, he did okay with, with Retaliation. And it's good to see him continuing to find success going forward. I spelled his name wrong in the rundown, too, so I feel bad <laughs> about that. Anyways, congratulations, John Chu. We know you're probably not listening, but we're there for you. We would certainly be remiss if we did not celebrate with you. Yeah. Next news item. It's rack time, where we talk about the solicitations for G.I. Joe comics in the coming month. This month, soliciting for September, which I guess means would be out in November or December. How far ahead do they do those now? Three months still? Uh, I think yeah. so, yeah. Okay, so G.I. Joe Real American Hero number 256, and G.I. Joe Real American Hero Silent Strike number one of four. And I guess the real noteworthy one is Silent Strike this time around, as that is Larry Hama introducing Agent Helix to his G.I. Joe universe. That's kind of interesting, because he's not really one who's been known to do that before. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about before the call, before we started the recording, he doesn't read the other IDW G.I. Joe books, or he hasn't read any of the other G.I. Joe books, period, right? It's not Larry's universe... He doesn't want to read it because he doesn't want to complicate things in his own head. You know, mm-hmm. he, he needs to keep his own story front of mind. He doesn't need to muddy the water with other people's storylines. And so, yeah, this is a very interesting, I'd like to kind of candidly ask him, how the hell did they talk you into this one? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do you even know who she is? <laughs> no, I, that's the thing. Like, did he, did he go back and read the other IDW stories that featured Helix or not? It's an interesting conversation to have with Larry, I would think. We've got Don, who's been very successful as the new Snake Eyes in terms of sales. Mm-hmm. And so maybe maybe they're looking at that like, okay, cool, G.I. Joe, girl power's working. Let's let's take this Helix character that was pretty popular from some of the other IDW stuff, and let's see if we can bring her into Larry's universe. And he obviously signed off on it, you know? And have you noticed from any of the covers? If it, she looked pretty similar to me. Yeah. To what, I, what I had remembered of her. If you just took a quick glance at the few images I've seen, it was very clearly, hey, that's that's mm-hmm. Helix. She kind of had that look anyway. The mm-hmm. the Joes in Larry's book, you know, they, they still look like they did in the 80s. There's kind of that simplicity of design of some of them, and she fits into that pretty well. Yeah. Helix visually is not a real complicated character. No. Because It did she... change her hair a little bit. Yeah. Super short to longer, but then... 
Yeah, she she looks the same. So that'll be interesting. That's one that I'm looking forward to. That I want to I want to see how they he does what he does with that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting looking at the state of GI Joe comics right now. Larry's got two books, and there's nothing else happening. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm curious, what's the game plan? How long is that going to go for? Mm. I'm honestly kind of relieved just with the fact that they're putting, they're doubling down on Larry right now because I thought we might be entering a space where we just have the one a Real American Hero book for a while, and then maybe they just finally hang it up. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's kind of reassuring to me that they're actually saying, no, let's see if we can grow the G.I. Joe brand under Larry since obviously the fans have been sticking with them through it. But I was having this conversation with somebody else, and they reminded me that like Transformers versus G.I. Joe series by Scioli, for example, had better numbers than a real American hero, which is kind of dumbfounding to me. But I guess it makes sense because you get the Transformers fans buying into it. So anyway, I'm, I'm just happy to see that they believe in and want Larry's portion of the universe to continue, not just continue, but grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's face it. It was a generational touchstone. I don't think I'm overstating it too much. They always say that there were two books that were intended for kids that wound up being written for adults to enjoy. And one was Carl Barks' Uncle Scrooge, and the other was Larry Hammond's G.I. Joe. And that's not an exaggeration. You know, that's legit. There's, there's so much so much more was made out of G.I. Joe as a comic property than they ever could have expected or hoped for. Oh, yeah. And it's got legs. I mean, there's so many characters to play with, and there's so many different storylines to follow, and it, obviously we're not done with it yet. It's It was 155 issues a generation ago, and it's been over 100 issues this time around. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, hard hard to argue. Anyhow. Do you all have any idea what, where the sales numbers are at for it right now? I do not. No, I haven't seen anything recently. Truthfully, been lazy, haven't checked. I would assume that they're not that bad because they can't be terrible if they're giving Larry more books to sell. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, I, I and know. And adding characters to his universe, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's at least holding serve, and we know that they were you know, typically selling, even at the worst part of of the controversies with the IDW run, they were still moving six thousand copies of, of Larry's book every month. Which yep. for, for IDW is not a not a bad return. I read a lot of Valiant comics too, and they, they might start at like 20, and they'll taper down to 7, 6, 5. Usually around 4,000 is where they think about rebooting or using other IP, because they've got a, a whole lot of IP to choose from, kind of mm. like G.I. Joe. Mm. Anyhow, that's the news. Got to give you a cue. We got to light have have a light bulb go on, and what, what, what's a guy got to do to get new sounds around here? Oh, oh, you jump in there. Get in there. No, I thought we were alternating. No. <laughs> this is where she tries to make up the rules as she goes along, Carson. Don't fall for it. Right. <laughs> fall for it. It's fine. Up next is the post sock. Take it to the sack. Post sock. <laughs> Post sock. <laughs> Mailbag. I'm coming up with a weird little thing to do for each section. Oh dear God! Post sock is sponsored by all the cool stuff. Visit David Tree and his wonderful store in Fordingbridge, UK, at allthecoolstuff.co.uk. When you check out, you you tell them that what's on Joe Mind sent you. You qualify for a special zero percent discount. 
That is true. Yes. So remember, that is allthecoolstuff.co.uk for the finest in Lego and guys in furry shorts and Transformers and Action Force and even a little something called G.I. Joe. Sweet. First letter. Actual letters in the post sock, ladies and germs. Colton, do you want to read the first one? My laptop died. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Because of all that. I'll, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Okay. Hello, guys. Here's a little something for your sock. Your post sock, that sock. is. No, it's sock. It's S-A-C. It's sock. Do you want me to read it? No. Yeah. If Hasbro bought... If Hasbro bought... We can just read it at the same time. If, <laughs> if Hasbro bought 118th action figures to mass retail... To mass retail under yes. a name other than G.I. Joe, but had Joe's in it, think Matt tracker from the 25th line would you buy it i happen to think releasing under the action force would sell and have global appeal thank you for reading my post sack and also always patty gets five potatoes kate gets five potatoes chris two potatoes hopefully you know that was a joke and chris really gets only one solitary sad potato and that's from John Cummer via Facebook, who I think has confused us with the full force. Right. <laughs> but anyways, John does have a valid point. He is asking that if Hasbro put out a G.I. Joe-style line under a name other than G.I. Joe, would it have selling power and then throws Action Force out there as an example? Uh, I mean, I guess it would. I, I tend to think that there's a brand they could put stuff out that has already proven to have worldwide appeal, and that's G.I. Joe. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, would it have any? Sure. I don't think it would have any more than selling stuff as G.I. Joe would. There was a reason that they put the Action Force name to bed in 1988-1989. The reason was G.I. Joe was a better-known brand. This is where Carson mm -hmm. gets David Tree to pull his sponsorship right here. Right. <laughs> so, historically speaking, Palatoy launched their own stuff, and Hasbro came in and bought Palatoy in the mid-'80s after one of the owners died. And they kept it Action Force for a few years, and they did Action Force with G.I. Joe as a sub-brand under it. And then they got rid of Action Force, and it just became G.I. Joe. And when you look at why they did that, well... It, they felt like G.I. Joe was the stronger brand to sell across Europe because that was their demographic at the time. I, I think that still holds true. I think more people worldwide are going to know G.I. Joe than are going to know Action Force. And that's not a slight of Action Force. I, I think to the original point of is there another brand that maybe G.I. Joe should sell under, if Hasbro was going to do anything that was not specifically G.I. Joe, I think maybe they'd do Adventure Team before they would do Action Force. I, I just don't see why they would do a Palatoy kind of brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Action Force, I, and mind you, I love Action Force, okay? I do. I, yeah, it's sure. It's neat. It's different. It's something that I knew about in shadows and whispered tones as a child and got to learn more about as an adult. So I don't want to make it sound like a slight either. Right. But Action Force is kind of the catchphrase du jour amongst the fans right now. But it doesn't mean anything to casual fans. It doesn't mean anything to non-fans. And these are the people that you're trying to get to buy your product if you truly want to have a worldwide presence. So yeah. 
Action Force is great. Don't get me wrong. I love to. I love the nods to it. I love that it's a part of things. I love that it's being recognized. But it. I don't think it could be the focus of the line and and have the line be any more successful than it is now. You're trading a, a brand with somewhat dying recognition, less and less recognition as the generations go on with GI Joe, for a brand that has even less recognition worldwide and across generations. G.I. Joe has the luxury of having been successful from 1964 up through a strong 30 years up through 94. And then, you know, it's been on shelves basically from 97 to maybe 2015 pretty consistently. So G.I. Joe has been there. It's been around. It's It's been very well known at times and some known at other times across generations. G.I. Joe is a brand that people know what it is, even though there isn't any product right now. That's right. And that's th- those are tough to come by and tough to replace. Yeah. yeah. So a few years ago in, in Canada. Here we go. Heroes Force. Shut up. I'm trying to... <laughs> Fine, I won't tell you. No, go Get ahead. in there, Joe. Go Get ahead. Get in there. Come on, Joe Colton. So a few years ago, probably around 2012, 2013... Canadian had, I think, come back from Afghanistan, and he was he was a collector, and he was trying to find something similar to G.I. Joe, but in a Canadian format, right? Like, yeah, we got the, the Canadian G.I. Joes with the French and English writing on the back of the file card and whatnot, and different, mm-hmm. you know, slightly different painted figures, but they ended up doing something called Heroes Force, which was based mm-hmm. on actual... Canadian soldiers and they were the three and three quarter but it, I don't think it lasted too long I think it kind of like died out yeah yeah. I think I remember reading about that yeah it was a shame they were really good figures but it was almost like going back to like the 80s ish a little bit there wasn't like full articulation it was the shoulder the elbow the wrist didn't move it was <laughs> it was almost a straight arm but not <laughs> Wow. But it was huh. it was really cool. I, I had the chance to grab a couple. But mm-hmm. the job was like the new military, uh, like the, the pattern that they had, like mm-hmm. the new uniforms. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not a full articulation. They were kind yeah. of expensive for, a, I guess that's the, uh, the flip side, when you get that small. Yep. There's not a mass production. It was like 6,000 were made just in Nova Scotia. And then oh. like... <laughs> It kind of pulled, picked up. Shut up! Oh my god, I'm not. I'm not telling it. People are gonna think I'm. I don't say anything. No, I'm saying. No, no, it's fine. So. That's You're so sensitive. I know. <laughs> a lot of people don't understand that those short print runs, your price goes up exponentially. Yeah. That's just, that's just the way it is. Like, if you want a very niche item, be prepared to pay, to pay a premium. You know. Yeah. Like. Across the board, that's anything in life. If you can't sell it at Walmart or on Amazon, you're going to pay a load more for it because it's a niche thing that just less people are buying. Sorry if I sound a little frustrated. I was dealing with somebody on Twitter the other day. <laughs> and See, that's your problem right there. That's your problem. Yeah. Well, customer service, if people are talking about you or to you, you have to kind of respond to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I just, Mike, you know this, I just did that 25% off sale. And so... Mm-hmm. Somebody that had been buying all along, they had one through four, they came through and got five and six in the case, and they showed it on Twitter on Monday, yesterday, yesterday, so this is like fresh in my head, and he posted it, and he was like, mail call Monday, what a great start to the week, thanks 3D Joes, and then this guy comments, 
too pricey for my taste. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. So I engage on a very peaceful no! level. No! Don't very... engage! <laughs> no, see, that, that this is the problem, Carson. This is, I think, yeah. why our show has had the success that it's had. Because if you look back, and basically the, the editorial staff has been Gary and myself. Yeah. And the reason that we've done okay for ourselves in this forum, we never read the comments. Never once. Yeah. Never read the comments. Never read I was like the comments. Years ago. And now, like, I'm like, Mike, don't read the comments. Just yeah. keep going. Just don't bother. Make a product that makes you happy. Yeah. And your audience will find you, and that'll that'll be enough. That's it right there. That's that. Maybe you've got something that will sell a bajillion copies. Maybe you've got something that'll be super popular. Maybe you don't, but it needs to make you happy, and that's all that matters. Never read the comments. I've always said, as long as I like it, I'm happy. So stop reading the comments. Yeah, so anyway, uh, when, you, when you said that about those action figures, that they made 6000 of obviously they're mm-hmm. going to be a lot more expensive. Like, when you make something on a small scale, the price per unit exponentially increases. That's the yep. way it is. Thanks to John Cummer, though, for breaking our, our, our mailbag, our post-sock drought, yeah. and uh, for understanding the how the potatoes get rationed around here. I didn't want a potato anyway. Look, that's, yeah. look it is, that's delicate stuff. That is heady. Oh. So that is advanced listener participation, is what that is. So I just went to their website. It's for sale. It made me so sad just now. What's that? Uh, What's for sale? You can't go back, Joe. I know. The Canadian action figure. Oh, you're, you're 6,000 in Nova Scotia group. It's yeah. sad. Sorry. It's inspiring that somebody tried to do something like that to replace something that, like a market that was not really big up there and then it's sad because they didn't make it yeah maybe they made it as far as they wanted to make it maybe they scratched the itch like they yeah had itch. they had the itch to make something they wanted to create something they did it they lived their dream and they were like all right yeah that was cool i'm gonna go do something else <laughs> you say that <laughs> you know you know what i mean i mean people keep asking me what i'm making next i'm like uh, i'm gonna finish my website and that's probably it i'm gonna <laughs> Make a sandwich is what I'm going to make. Oh, I'm going to make a sandwich. So again, maybe they did their thing and they made their statement and, and they got out. Not everything is designed to go for for generations at a time. Most toy lines don't last more than three years. Yep. So. Next letter. We need to have an envelope that we can tear open. I know. we got to yeah. do something here. we got to... We'll figure it out. Next letter. Hello. What's on Joe Mind? Is there a reason why some characters' names were changed from G.I. Joe? Thanks. Actually, I think we should read it the way it was written. Hello, yeah. what's on Hal's Mind? I, I have a feeling I have a feeling that this is voice to mail stuff. Yeah. There's wrong words in it, but it's grammatically correct. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not I'm not gonna hang our man Alistair Keffer up on that one. He's making his bones to be the new king of the mailbag. We gotta defend our, our boy. Give him all the good insider info we have. Yeah, I mean, long story short, uh, a lot of times names change for characters because they lose the copyrights on them. Yep. Trademark. Yeah, Trademark. trademarks. Thank you. That you gotta, is. You gotta keep up with them. That's an important distinction. Example, and perhaps a ludicrous one that I love. For a little while there, Roadblock was not Roadblock. 
Roadblock was often replaced with Heavy Duty. In that BJ's 8-pack, instead of Roadblock, we got Double Blast. In, in 2000, we had Double Blast. And the reason for that was because Roadblock was a name that was being used in WCW by a terrible wrestler. Great gimmick. Had they made a toy of him? No. No, he was that obscure. Like, he was a guy who came out and got jobbed on Sunday night. He was yeah. not good. But... Well, there's some rule about your trademark goes away after seven years, I think, the window. If you don't use it. Yeah, if you don't yeah, use it. Or... That situation. You either got to be making comic books or toys or maybe television program counts. You know, so yeah. every time he went on TV and wrestled, that counts. Yes. Um, that was it exactly. Be using that name. He wasn't a guy who who won anything, and he was certainly no superstar. But he would come out every Sunday and lose to somebody, and so <laughs> that was enough. And that was why Hasbro couldn't make a, a large, muscle-bound man and name the character Roadblock. And then, of course, it gets to a point too where that seven years didn't pass in between the end of that character and the rebirth of G.I. Joe's roadblock, they, there was clearly some kind of payout that got reached, probably not much of one, once WCW went by the wayside and everybody promptly forgot about roadblock. There's all kinds of transactions that happen with things like that, but that's it, basically. Recent versions of, of Hawk have generally involved the, the name General Abernathy in some way, shape, or form, simply because... Mm-hmm. They, they don't have the, the rights to call a character just Hawk right now. Yeah. And frankly, that's such a common name, I don't see them ever getting that one back in its pure form. It's always going to be General Hawk or General Abernathy or Clayton Hawk Abernathy or something along those lines. Silly legalese, I guess, is the short answer. Yeah. But thanks again for writing in, Alistair. We, we appreciate it when you answer the bell. That's the post sock. Still waiting on Steve Chu to come through for me. Yeah, he's got nothing. He's giving us nothing. You people out now? Yep. <laughs> Dear God. What you got, Steve Chu? Send me a letter, Steve. Right, right. to us. <laughs> we will accept creepy fanboy letters at oh the What's on Joe Mind email, so we'll laugh at you. Again, we're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you, but we'll we'll, yeah. we'll it'll get it'll I'll happen. Laugh. They will get where they need to go. Although I do kind of want to know what happened between Jabba and Leia for the 672 days of captivity. <laughs> <laughs> was months, man. There's no way that was just the overnight thing that it looked like in the movies. <laughs> Except that oh, it probably God. was. Oh shit. <laughs> Anyways, what we got in Sponsored by Kokomo Toys. Everybody sing the theme song. Kokomo, Kokomo, Kokomo Toys. Kokomo, Kokomo, Kokomo Toys. We'll play with toys and then we'll play some more. Look, he's trying to give it an actual theme song. I need to missing the gag calm down over there. For real. Somebody needs decaf. Something. Carson, what you get in? I, I drank a beer and I drank an Americano before we started the podcast, so that might be why. Mm. Oh my god. I'm, I'm a little I'm a little wide tonight. I got in something very, very special actually. It's a really cool story. So John Royal, the cover artist of the Negro, reached out to me and he was like, Hey man, I love your books. I actually don't really have a couple hundred bucks to throw at him right now, but would you be willing to do a trade? 
And I was like, yeah, I would love a commission of Lieutenant Falcon because I'm, I'm crazy. <laughs> and I love Lieutenant Falcon. You know, my dad was special forces and I told him that whole story. And so he was good with it. I sent him some reference art, some reference photos. He wasn't familiar with the character. So he did a, uh, just like a sketch, a, a kind of quick commission sketch for me. And he put it up on social media and it got a lot of good positive feedback from the fans. So I think he had a lot of fun doing it. So he decided to pitch to the editor uh, using Lieutenant Falcon on a cover after that. What? And uh, yeah, yeah. And so he did some thumbnail sketches and the editor was like, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. So there's a cover that he has now drawn that features Lieutenant Falcon and one of my all time 1987 favorites, Croc Master. And so I, I ended up buying that cover from him as well. So I, so I got that in and it's, freaking amazing and i think it's going to be the cover of gi joe 260 so it's the real american hero cover nice very cool it's amazing it's amazing it's got really really nice colors like basically lieutenant falcon is walking through a swamp and there's three crocodiles circling him with their mouths open you know, <gasps> salivating, salivating falcon and then behind him is croc master jumping out of the tree getting ready to land from behind on Falcon with like the whole whip wrapping around in the curvature. It's beautiful, man. He just did an amazing job with it. So that's my, that's my, what I got in, man. It's amazing. That's very cool. I'd seen the image posted and I knew you had something to do with it, but I didn't know what. It was because everybody was so positive when he put the sketch up. There's no way that I could have convinced him, hey, will you do a cover of my favorite character? Like, he just doesn't operate like that, you know? <laughs> but, but the fact that he did the sketch and everybody liked it and, he was like, yeah, that's great. I, lo- I love drawing the character. Let's do some more. So that was amazing. One of those one of those special moments in fandom, you know, when you get to yep. connect connect with the creators. So it's very cool. That's it, though? That's what you got? Oh, I mean, I've got some other smaller stuff, but that's all I'm going to talk about. That's that's so, like, meaningful to me. All right, you'll you know? be that way, then. <laughs> Carson doesn't want to share, Joe. It's your turn. Uh... I have not gotten anything because I was all like in dress costume mode. Yeah, this is true. You haven't even yeah, been doing your your Trek girls bit with Maggie. Right, no live casting either. Yeah, so we'll we'll probably start doing that again once she can get in the raft and paddle over to your house. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. After this hurricane, we'll see where uh where we all end up. Why don't you give the folks at home an idea of where to find that particular page so that they can join in the fun? Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, so on Facebook... Look at the uh, show, plugging you. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Supposed to be reciprocal. (laughs) You know that I got people now telling me when I go to cons, can you plug the damn show because of you? Do you understand... Do you understand the value that I have? Do, I mean, do you think Noted Author came out of nowhere? Who do you think came up with Noted Author, James Cavanaugh? Cavanaugh? No. No, that was me. I am the greatest accidental hype man in the history of podcasting, and you're happy you know me. <laughs> I am very happy I know you. You better be. Well, my mom really loves me, so. Your mom's awesome. He loves everybody. But especially me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, Joe. So on Facebook, Trek Girls, 
and it's a picture of Maggie and I as the icon. There's a couple of other Trek girls that are not what you expect. Mm. The Facebook page, we're very PG, other than mm. me swearing on the live cast, but yeah. <laughs> so maybe a PG-13. PG-13, yeah. Keeping it reasonably clean. Yes. PG-13 with a little L for language. Yes. So it's facebook.com slash... Trek Girls Official. Well, yeah. you got official on there. Yeah. You didn't go yeah, with... On, I think on Instagram we got official too. Mm, nice. Yeah. We're going to be trying to get on Twitch because people keep asking us to. Come on now. Stick to the, the social media that I can cross-brand you. Right. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to do you a solid here. Sorry, it's not Trek Girls Official. It's just Trek Girls. The handle is Trek Girls Official. Okay. Our tagline is just for fun. I did not make that one up. <laughs> Tell Maggie her marketing skills need need a little work, but it's a good start. Yeah, she's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, she's going to punch me in the throat. She's going to punch me in the throat. Well, yeah, but like I, I don't worry about that threat from you because you've been saying it for years and I've never been punched in the throat. I believe it a little bit from her. Yeah, it's fought bears. Yeah. I mean, you're Canadian and all, but that's not bear fighting. So at Joe Fest last year, we had like an art contest, a drawing contest, and artists came and drew, and so people started drawing things. We were we were standing there because we were guests. We were standing in like a pose. Sarah, Maggie, Candace, and I. And this artist was drawing Maggie as her in her Jinx outfit, fighting a bear, and <laughs> and picked that one to win as the art piece that won for that for the contest <laughs> just because she was fighting a bear and she's like are you so halfway through this she's like is that a bear and the guy was like yeah yeah i heard about the story where you fight bears and he looks at me she goes i'm gonna kill you i swear to god i'm gonna kill you you know what that picture needed to be truly authentic what justin bell yes it did the bear jockey himself he could be the croc master the bear version of Crocmaster fighting Maggie's jinx. Bearmaster. <laughs> I wonder if he would be put into a bear suit. Uh, you know what? I don't think it could possibly be silly enough. If somebody out there wants to design Justin Bell as Bearmaster, I mean, we'll put it up on the Facebook page. It's the best. The least I can promise you is is Facebook fame. Yeah. If you can provide us Justin Bell as Bearmaster. Make it happen, Facebook. Uh, Make it happen. Yes, submit all your <laughs> all your your photos and drawings of Justin Bell in a bear suit. Bring your fan art of Justin Bell as Bearmaster to what's on Joe Mind at gmail.com. Oh my god. And we promise you we will pick a winner and post it on our Facebook page. Yes. This will be judged fairly by the three of us. Of course, if we only get one entry, that guy's going to win. Right. So again, what's on Joe Mind at gmail.com. Give us your bear pictures. Your Justin Bell bear master pictures. Now. <laughs> Guy's not even, he's not even a regular on the show anymore. And we're giving him run. Mm-hmm. You see this? Accidental hype man. Right here. He deserves it. What else you get in, Joe? I got 
emailed Don Lee to get me some Disney stuff. Oh, <laughs> he was out there, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> He's out there all the time. I was like, dude, like I'm a closet Disney freak. I'm like, I hate you. You're not. I don't need to collect anything else. You're not a like, closet Disney like, freak. No, this has been wide open for a while now. <laughs> I was like, wide open. You're an ass. I've, I don't think anyone's ever referred to going to get Disney every day as wide open. Right. Yeah, no, you are. You are. His Disney habit is out of control. This is not new. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so he got me. He sent me a picture of a shirt, and I was like, I need it. And he's like, well, what size? So we're discussing. He's like, oh, I think it's a kid's shirt. I was like, wait, if it goes up high enough, I can still wear it. But thankfully, it was an adult shirt, so I didn't have to explain to him how I can sometimes fit into children's clothing. <laughs> Don't ruin <laughs> Phil's innocence. Phil is good man. people. It's really cool to uh, keep up with how they're evolving the park through his posts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I dig it. I enjoy watching his uh, evolution of the park stuff. Like, he just posted something today where Tony Stark put up a wall in front of the Bugs Life mm-hmm. park. Like, I guess they're getting ready to tear that down put up some Marvel stuff instead. That, that whole Star Wars world that they're building is incredible. Mm-hmm. When's that open? I think it's 2020. I thought it was next year. It's an enti- oh, maybe it's 2019. It's an entire village. I don't know if they've yeah. got a friggin' army building that whole... It's a whole new section to the park. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. That's, it. That's you- all I got. That's it? That's all you got? You got- That's it? Yeah. It's everything? What about you, Mike? what I get in? What did I get in? I got something in. Oh, yeah, from Glenn Winkler. Finally finished off my Python Patrol set from, what con was that, 2013 or 12? or I didn't go to that show. That was, actually, I think that was 2011. Okay, so 20, 2011, yeah, because I was at 12. So 2011, that Mission Brazil set. When it happened, I, I wasn't able to make the show, but I put together the money I sent sent the money with the Godsos, and the Godsos bought con souvenirs for me. Just kind of ran out of money as far as the, the parachute figure went. Mm. And so I was like, whatever, uh, you know, I'm, I was happy enough with the set. I still am. I, I love that set. But all this time, I, I never found the, the paratrooper, the, the televiper officer. And so Glenn was selling his, and he made me a great deal on it, and I am forever indebted to him and owe him booze the next time I see Glenn Winkler. So thank you, Glenn, for for that. I haven't bought a whole lot else besides. Like I did mention Troy Osgood selling his his chaos guy. Is I, I I mean, what do they call that guy? He he went from being an army builder in the concept case. The the club made him a a single guy for the FSS. You know, a single character. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have him too, and that's been a couple of weeks now. So thanks to Troy. Yep. But as far as as far as that goes, the toy budget is on lockdown. This summer was expensive between JoeCon and then heading right back out to Ohio a couple of weeks later. So mm-hmm. we did not do a ton of toy shopping this summer, besides those two instances. Again, they were great times. I'll do it again, doing it again next year. I'm sure, except we won't have a JoeCon. Oh, the, the shows are just an invaluable experience. I mean, I, hopefully by now the listeners of this show have, have made a trek out to one of these G.I. Joe-themed cons, you know, because I, obviously they're taking time out of their day to download and listen to a G.I. Joe podcast. Mm. I'm telling you, man, going to a show and meeting a bunch of G.I. Joe fans that you probably meet online or you listen to on podcasts or you read their books or whatever, 
it, it just totally changes the hobby for you to personalize it to meet these people. Yeah, I uh, d despite our 1.3 million hits, um, nobody's invited us to anything next year. So <laughs> it would be it would be nice to get out and meet some folks, but uh, we we would like the invite. Just waiting on an invite. Pretty much, just um, sitting here with our empty dance card. We'd love to join you. Just What's on Joe Mind at gmail dot com. There you go. Be be awfully nice to hear from somebody. <laughs> So sad. So sad. <laughs> but so that's it for wrong. that's it for what we got in. <laughs> Whatever. You you're so wrong. You're sitting there. How many shows do you get invited to be a guest at per year? I don't know. Mm -hmm. About a handful. Mm -hmm. A handful. A handful. That's a handful more than What's on Joe Mines pulled out the last couple of years, but granted, we've only put out a handful of episodes, so that's fair. <laughs> it's a, there's a correlation there. That's yeah. that's fair. I'm thinking we'll probably get more since we're doing these more often. Yeah. So next up, shoutouts sponsored by Planet Nerd Rage Productions. Hey, you've heard of Planet Nerd Rage Productions? They gave us Ghost Source Zero. Ghost Source Zero, which got picked up for distribution by Sony. Saw that. That's pretty awesome. Very proud of him. Yeah. So proud of him. And aren't they also working on a sequel? Believe so. Yeah. I think they. I think they are. It's been very educational too to watch the process on, on a small project like this go from creation and you know way back when we talked to to Mark and Larry about this, right when it was it was getting finished with filming, and that's been a couple of years ago. To go from production to post-production to international distribution to domestic distribution and all the, the steps in between. It's been a bit of an education, so there's that value to it as well. Be sure to, to pick up a copy. I got mine. I watched it. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Just chock full of action. And, and just a good, good fun sci-fi romp is the best I can tell you, you know? Mm -hmm. Joe Colton, what do you think? I liked it a lot. I'm I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. I'm very proud of him. I when he was done with the filming and he sent me some production stuff, I was like, dude, I am so proud of you. I remember when we did Operation Red Retrieval, like his mm -hmm. first. And then from that, how he's evolved and developed and mm -hmm. now he's doing this, I was like, I'm so proud of you. I remember meeting you at New Jersey Collectors Con mm -hmm. on a random Sunday and he was like you make costumes? And I was like, yes. I'm like, and now look at you. That's awesome. I'm hesitant to talk too much about it because I don't want to ruin it for people. Yep. Like, I don't want to yeah. go into details don't as, as far as talking about it. So I don't, we're not going to do a review anytime on it anytime soon. It's just, you know, obviously it's not a big, big theater release. So people are going to see it at different times. I would just stress that we get out and we make sure that we get ourselves a copy and we see it. I'm curious with the Sony deal... Is that going to open the door for watching it, you know, on Amazon Prime or Netflix or any of that kind of stuff? Hmm. Maybe we're going to set up a Google alert on that. Carson, shout-outs. Well, i got to give a shout-out to Will Eugenot. Befriended him recently, well, in the last year or two on Facebook. And he was the director of Exo Squad, which is my second favorite brand after G.I. Joe. 
and Exo Squad turned 25 years old today. It's 25 years since the premiere of the Exo Squad cartoon in 1993. So shout out to Mr. Mugino for engaging with fans like me. Pretty cool. We're very lucky, G.I. Joe fans, that is, to have access to all the creators that we do. You know, to have the Kirk Bazigians and the Guy Cassidy's and the Ron Rudads and the Frank Corneros's and all of those guys. It's amazing that we're able to talk with them, but not every fandom has that. Mm. Anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to the creators in general for continuing to engage with us fanboys and fangirls on a regular basis. That definitely has enriched my enjoyment of the hobby. Just continuously learning new little things from them, new little tidbits. So thank you to all the creators for still engaging with us fans. Thank you to everybody that came to my little Toys R Us housewarming. That was a very fun event. And I think that's it. I'm going to assume that my invite got lost in the mail. (laughs) Mine too. Whatever. It was pretty much, it was local. It was like the Triangle Joes. Oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, you know, Triangle Joes. (laughs) Clearly more important than plugging the damn show. Oh, sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, I think that's it for now. Joe Colton, shout out. I would like to shout out to my roommates at Dragon Con. He's a little nuts. I apparently got very intoxicated on Sunday night, so I... No! (laughs) You, come on! Come on! It doesn't happen often now. Mm -hmm. It is bad. I apparently ran away, and William had to put me in bed. Like, tuck me in, literally. (laughs) (laughs) When I got to the room, apparently, like, they finally got me to the room. It was Maggie and William trying to get me to the room. Wes and Sarah had already gone to bed hours before, because they're both 80 years old. And I got into the room, and I was like, I need to plug in my phone. Like, to charge. And I was like, then I was like, plug it in, plug it in. And I started singing really loud, just to plug it in. (laughs) Fresh in 30 days. <laughs> like, literally, I was singing that. And yeah, he's like, shut up. I was singing apparently so loud that I woke up Sarah. And she had a 6 a.m., 7 a.m. flight. And she was like, will you just shut the f*** up? That's I, They were like, did you remember that? I go, no. I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I, I, like, I was thinking to myself the next day. I was like, why would I say plug it in? And they were like, you <laughs> not shut up. And then because I was singing it so much, I cracked myself up and could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to have friends that will put up with that nonsense. Yeah. They still all yeah. talk to you, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So I thank my roommates at Dragon Con and... Wes and Maggie for their patience with this Hella costume and the craziness that ensued with it beforehand and probably the mental breakdown of of me saying, I'm not going to make it. (laughs) Dude, it's stressful. Like, yeah. He's like, just let it go. Don't do it. I'm like, are you kidding me? People are expecting this. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, I know. I'm not I'm not doing it. Yeah, (laughs) that's not happening. I totally bailed. Talking about it for months, months upon months on several social media platforms, but I'm out. I'm out. Done. Brought my Ben Cooper Batman costume. Okay. You do you, boo. <laughs> it just says, it's plastic, it, it says Batman on the front. 
Anyways. Oh my god, please wear that. That would be awesome. If they, you could find any one of those in adult quadruple extra large, let's you knock... Well, yeah, I'll do that. Who else you got for shoutouts? The men and women who lost their lives on September 11th and their yes. families. Oh, timely. So. Yeah. Good call. Wow, that's a major shift in tone. Hmm. Shout out to all the people who felt the call to join the military and try to help out afterwards. Yep. Yeah, I am certain that that is no small percentage of our of our regular listeners. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's this is always a weird day year after year. You know, mm-hmm. it's our version of the Kennedy assassination, I suppose. Everybody knows exactly what they were doing right when things started to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm certainly not going to get into that. The general hope is that none of us ever have to go through anything like that again. Yep. But uh, anybody else? No, I'm good. All right. For myself, we'll give a a shout-out to the other past hosts of our program. That would be Gary and Justin and Greg and even Chuck for all of their efforts in the past six years or so. Give a shout-out to all of our sponsors. That's uh, AVAX Lab, Kokomo Toys, all the cool stuff, Planet Nerd Rage Productions, GeneralsJoes.com. Thank you for your... Continued support of our sporadic project. Carson, how is 3D Joe's not a sponsor of our program? Uh, like a, you need like emotional support? I guess, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, really, we don't collect from any of them either, so you might just pick a segment that you want to sponsor. We'll talk about your Let's site. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it, man. All right. I'm in. All right, in. so we'll figure that out next time. This is how business is done, kids. This is the podcast world. The art of the deal right there. Just right there. (laughs) Suck on that guy who thinks he knows the art of the deal. Yep. Who is this guy? Oh, no, we're not going there. No, we're not going there. We're not opening that can of worms. No, No, thank you. You can set all the branches out on that one, Ms. Joe Colton, but we will not (laughs) spring that trap. And of course, uh, as as Joe did to all of our men and women serving abroad and at home and and uh, putting themselves in harm's way for us to be stupid and talk about things like this on podcasts. Um, yes. <laughs> the uh, defending our right to be stupid is both insane and incredibly heroic and and. Uh, and we certainly can't thank you enough for it. I do want to give a, a special shout-out on behalf of all of us uh, to our technical support for getting all this stuff together. That's Brian Tudor from the Infamous Podcast and Jason Duvall from Dave and Duvall's... Uh, I forget, uh, Dave and Duvall's. It's just Dave and Duvall's. I, I always make fun of it by calling it a crazy name, and now I can't remember the real one. So, Because <laughs> I'm a good friend. Awful. I know. It's um, it's so late. I'm so tired. But that's the best I can do. Uh, so Brian, Jason, I uh, obviously never sat down with both of you at the same time, but I picked your brains at various times on how to get this thing going again, and thankfully it is. If you can f- help us figure out how to get Carson's levels right, that'd be even better. But hey, we'll <laughs> we'll take progress as we can get it. I think a quiet Carson is necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> as case in point this evening <laughs> he's got a couple in him though so it's unless you want your intermediary jingles louder 
I haven't decided if we need a more sober Carson or a more drunk Carson. I'm not sure which way we want to swing with this. We might have to test two options. Can we live stream it? <laughs> I mean, I, we can Google, we can Google uh, YouTube Hangout it or something. When Carson's house floats by yours, <laughs> you guys can figure that out. I'm telling you, man, if I lose the great Toys R Us in the, in the great flood of uh, Florence, I'm going to be super mad. I'm sure Florence will have a complaint box set up that you can put that in. She doesn't give a sh**. <laughs> Somebody's hitting the bottom of the wine bottle there. That's a good sign, though. When the casual swearing ramps up, it is a good time to end the program. So on behalf of my co-hosts, Carson and Joe, my name is Mike Irizarry, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of our show. We hope to be back with you soon. Good night, God bless, and stay tuned for the next episode of... What's on Joe mind? Joe, you're fired. I know, I was like... Carson, that's your gig now. Well, Good night, everybody. Night. I gave I it a beat. I love to hear Two beats. If I was going to do one when it lights up the sky. Such a beat! You know it makes me feel good. I also can't do your, your booming well, voice. Well, I love the Supposed to imitate it. Amazing. I like, love to Oh I love a rainy night. I love to hear the thunder. Watch the lightning when it lights up the sky. You know it makes me feel good. Well, I love a rainy night. It's such a beautiful sight. I love to feel the rain on my face. Taste the rain on my lips. In the moonlight shadows. Put your song in this heart of mine Put your smile on my face every time Cause I love a rainy night Yeah, I love a rainy night Ooh, I love a rainy night Well, I love a rainy night Ooh, Cause I love a rainy night Yeah, I love a rainy night